quite a mess at the Meadowlands uh, this Sunday. It, it can't get much worse uh, for this franchise. No, I don't think it can. Um, I was expecting a complete and utter blowout, which thankfully is not what I witnessed until the fourth quarter when things really went downhill. But they're, they're abysmal. This is the worst I've ever seen them play football in my short 20 years of life. I know uh-huh. some of the older Jets fans I, 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 have seen worse. I've been watching bad Jet football for 30 years. Yeah. So yeah. You're, 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 you're like a minuscule, like a, a grain of sand in the history of Jets football. Yeah, I hate to break it to you, Sean, but this is just the beginning. So buckle up because it's going to be one long ride of terrible football. Yeah, I was I was for some reason under the impression that maybe we would win a few games with Sam Darnold this year before the season began. And then we open on Monday Night Football. We put up 41 points, whatever it was. You know, we're scoring on defense. We're scoring on special yeah, teams. Yeah, it looked like, like Darren Lee was going to be, you know, finally emerging as, a, as that pick that uh, they thought he was going to be. And, you know, Leonard Williams was making tackles and everything, and, and, and now it's not so much. Uh, I, and I can't for- okay, Rob's on. figure out what happened from now to then. I, yeah, I have no well. idea. Well, m- maybe our next guest, Rob Carpenter, uh, can explain what happened on, on Sunday. Rob, uh, think, welcome to the show, uh, the sports sit-down here on WVOX. Uh, what was your take from Sunday's game be- besides the obvious? Uh, <laughs> well, <clears throat> first thing for the first half was that it was a whole different team that took the field from two weeks ago against Buffalo. Um, second half, pretty much the same team that's been on the field for the past <laughs> year or so. Uh, you know, second half's come around and it just seems like, uh, team like the Patriots will, you know, show that they're the better team on the field. Um, uh, and that's basically just the way it was. Uh, you watch first half and they competed and second half just, I don't know if they get gassed or, um, the play calling just kind of goes out the window and there's no more creativity or, and, and, you know, the defense kind of gets worn down uh, in the second half of games, but that's pretty much the way it's been going on for the last two years. And, and Rob, you know, the concern here, and again, I've been going to Jet games since the early 1980s, and, you know, I, I gave up my season tickets a few years ago, and, and Sean Jacoby, who's a MassCom student here in political science, he was at the game Sunday, and I paid the fortune 10 years back for the seat licensing they're selling tickets now for $20. This is the concern I have, and the Jets should be concerned as an organization. Why be interested in this team? They let you down constantly, and you could sit home, watch a game. You get better games. It's impossible to watch a Jet game on a Sunday afternoon, and then you turn on, say, you know, the, the Saints and Chargers or, or you, know, you know, some of the better teams. And even if you have a bad team or a struggling team like the Packers, you know they're going to put up points. Why root for this team anymore, Rob? Um, every team has a cycle. You know, that's just the but way the Jets' cycle is uh, always so. bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about what went on when Bowles took over the team, they were ten and six. That's not a bad team. Um, they played a bad game in that seventeenth week against Buffalo when they actually should have won and been in the playoffs. But that that's not a bad team. They had the exact same team basically coming back the following year, and it kind of you know pooed the bed, but we I know why. Um, I don't know reason why. Nobody else knew why. I mean, if you bring a Fitz back, you know he's not going to be the same guy that he was the year before. It's, he, he's had a pattern of that over his whole career. So, 
me personally, I know they shouldn't have put all their money into Fitz the second year um, because everything was just going to, the, the ship was going to sink and it was going to sink fast. But that's just the cycle they've been in for the last few years. Um, if you watch every other team around, sooner or later, the teams that are bad come around and, and be pretty good. That's the turnover in the NFL. It's like that every year, except for the top, top, top team. New England's always going to be there. They have Brady. Um, you even just said Green Bay. Green Bay's 4-6-1. You would think they would be a better team than they are, but their record says they're not. So, but uh, again, they have Aaron Rodgers. He's an exciting guy to watch. Just, just don't have that marquee guy that you want to go to the games to see as of yet. Maybe it'll come around. Maybe Darnold will be that guy. Um, you know, for the remainder of this year, if he ever gets back into to the lineup and and for years to come. But you know, that remains to be seen. Robin, you mentioned Sam Darnold there, who who's been out with the foot injury but just started participating in quarterback drills since first suffering that injury. How would you handle him now? If he's healthy, do you put him back in, or do you kind of just let these five games go and get to the offseason? No, you got to put him back in. Um, And the reason why is if the season's over, you might as well get him as as much experience as you can. Um, going into next year kind of makes no sense to sit him down now. He's going to be your quarterback, so you might as well play him. Um, and he's already, he started the season. It's unfortunate that he, you know, he hurt his foot. He had to sit out a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, if he's able to practice fully for the rest of this week, I don't see why he wouldn't be able to, why you wouldn't put him back in the game. But, um, you know, it's that time to actually just, just let him play out the rest of the season so he get as, as much experience as he can. So, Rob, we're going to put Darnold back in, you know, when he's healthy. He's got nobody to throw the ball to. He's got nobody running the ball, really. He's got Crowell, had a couple nice runs, nothing nothing major. What should the Jets do in the offseason? You know, should they go out and maybe get a levy on Bell? What do you see this team doing to get better uh, for next season? Well, they've got a lot of cap money. And um, Le'Veon Bell, I know, has been on their radar. He's been on Mike McCagney's radar. Uh, they're, he'll probably be the, the the number one target going into the to this offseason, but I know there's a there's quite a few holes that need to be filled. Um, most teams try to you know fill those holes through the draft because they have a uh, a lot invested in those in those guys in the draft. Um, they have time to get those guys up to up to speed and not as much money uh, invested in in a, in a draft pick that you would somebody from free agency. But um, you know the Jets would actually need those holes filled. Some of those holes filled right now. You know, they need offensive linemen. They need a, a star receiver. They need a star running back. Um, they need a star pass rusher. And I'm not going to fault Mike McCagney for actually trying to go out and, and, you know, throw the farm to get uh, Khalil Mack. It just didn't work. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, the Raiders decided to um, take the offer from from the Bears. But he tried to, to tried to make that game changing uh, uh, trade right there. But you know, going into this offseason with the money they have to spend, he's going to have to spend it to try to get some guys in here. Um, and I'm not saying that he should go out and just, you know, throw money around at, at any old run-of-the-mill guy. But there's top guys out there in the market. We know Le'Veon Bell is going to be the top guy out there in the market to, to start. He should try to do as much as he can to try to get those guys into to the green white uniform. Okay, Rob, you you played for, you know, different coaches in your time. Okay, you played for under, under Bruce Koslet, You played under Pete Carroll. What kind of coach gets across to, to these players here? I mean, you, you're around all the old-time players. Not not old-time, you know, we're not talking ancient here, but, you know, 10, 20 <laughs> years ago. Um, what kind of coach is going to get across, and which direction should the Jets go in uh, moving forward here as, as far as the type of coach they should be going for? 
Um, well, there's a lot of young guys on the team right now. You have a, you have a few vets, but there's a lot of young guys on the team. You need a guy that actually can relate to them for, for one thing, but also as a stern coach um, and will hold guys accountable. Um, I, I'm not saying he's going to be released from Baltimore, uh, but Harbaugh is a guy that, that you would want coaching this type of team. Um, he's, he, he's a leader, for one thing. He forces accountability on mostly everybody on the team. Um, he takes accountability in, in himself as well, um, and he knows how to delegate. He can get guys who are uh, you know, good offensive coordinator, good defense coordinator to come in and do their job that they need to do while he's overseeing everything everything else. Um, I kind of think that that will probably be the target that if McCagney is actually still the uh, general manager, that he'll uh, the direction that he'll go in, and then one of the uh, top offensive coordinators, if, if Harbaugh is actually has the input on it, uh, that he'll be able to hire uh, and defense coordinators as well, because I know Harbaugh is kind of a, a big special teams guy. When, you know, he first got into being a head coach. Everybody, to, you know, touted him as a top special teams guy. But those special teams guys know a lot about the about the game as well, as we can see from what he's done in Baltimore over all these years. But um, you know, I, I think that's the best direction that the team should should go and get a veteran coach in that's not so run of the mill. I mean, Harbaugh is a guy that's been established in Baltimore for for quite a while. He's not that. Um, that retread that you're going to see that you have seen and we have seen over and over and over again in the NFL, but he'll be a guy that I would look, look forward to uh, first to come in and take the job. If he's actually uh, let go from Baltimore. Transitioning now to the other team who plays at MetLife stadium and is struggling now three and eight, they dropped their latest contest to the Eagles 25 to 22. And Rob, this was a team that scored 19 points in the first half. What went wrong in that second half? I think the Eagles made uh, a big adjustment um, <laughs> on the defensive side of the ball, and for whatever reason, um, I only think the Giants can answer this question. I think Saquon Barkley only had like five touches in the second half, which is, you know, not a good deal um, for the first half that he had. And we see that he can be a game changer. Uh, for him to only have five touches in the second half of a game that you have a 19-3 lead is, is kind of just kind of piss poor uh, to me. Um, and the struggles with the Giants have, have been having, you know, for the past two years, they kind of just reared their ugly head uh, again. Um, you know, they, they couldn't hold the lead. The uh, Eagles made a few adjustments, and, you know, they basically took over the game in the second half. It's just been that way with the Giants for, uh, for them as well, you know, for the last couple of years. With five games left in the season, at what point do you think it's time for the Giants to take a look at Kyle Laletta to see what they have, if they have anything, at that quarterback position? With the game unfolding the way it did Sunday, I think now would probably be the best time. Um, They couldn't hold the lead. They lost to a division foe. And now would be the time. There's there's only a few games left. Even though it's not a a playoff team, uh, to take a look at Kyle and see, you know, like you just said, if he has anything that they can look forward to in the future, because we know Eli's not going to be there, you know, much longer. Um, you know, the way this season has unfolded, he actually possibly could get another year out of uh, next year. But they need to take a look at Kyle to see what they have. Uh, if they are going, if they're thinking about keeping him uh, around for for the long haul, there's only a handful of games left. To, you know, <laughs> the season is already damaged, so might as well just get him out there and see what he can do. See how he gels with the 
the guys that are on the, on, on the team, um, see how he gels with, with Saquon and Evan Ingram, if he's able to play this week, and, and Shepard and OBJ, those guys that they have out there, because they have, they have dynamic playmakers on that team. They just need somebody to get them the ball on a regular basis. Uh, Mike Demergis, along with Joe D'Aloisio, Sean Jacoby here on the Sports Sit-Down, talking to Rob Carpenter. And Rob, in 30 seconds, uh, explain to me if Pat Shermer has the makeup of a head coach from what you've seen so far to make it in New York. Uh, pretty tough. I, I think he does because this year is, is uh, just one of those things where he, he has to get used to it. Um, he sees what it is now. Uh, they took a flyer to see what Eli could do for this year. Um, I see they, oh, I know, and I hope they know that they see he's not, you know, the guy that could get it done uh, any more past this year. And, you know, he sees what it's like now in, in New York from, from the media, from the fans, uh, and, and every step of the way, and, and knows that, you know, this team, uh, the way the Giants are, are held in the steam around, around New York, has to be that team to make the playoffs every year uh, for, for him to last. Uh, anywhere past his third or fourth year. All right, Rob Carpenter there on the Sports Sit-Down. Rob, thank you so much for joining us. Hey, no problem, Mike. All right, so, you know, both teams in trouble. You know, the Giants had a chance here to get their fourth win of the year, and they, they let things slip away. And, and, look, we're talking about the number of carries for Barkley in the second half, you know, five carries. Um, the, the problem was they the Giants only had four possessions in the second half, too. And that that was part of the issue right there of, it wasn't just giving him the ball five times. They just didn't have the number of possessions. You never want to see or root for your team to lose, but quite frankly, that was the best thing that could have happened to the Giants is dropping that game. Um, I don't know if I, I, I don't know if I agree with you. You know what though? I, I, I think there needs to be some momentum going into next year for this head coach because to me, he's he's kind of melting in front of the microphones, kind of like Frosty the Snowman. There's just going to be a puddle of Pat Shermer come week, week 16 at the end of this year. No, but the the fact that, that that NFC East division is so weak and that win against the Buccaneers kind of gave the Giants and Giant fans a glimpse of hope that, wow, they could actually make the playoffs still. I think they needed a dose of reality here in this final stretch to say, hey, we're not that good. And... There was no reason to be thinking playoffs at this point. This team is in rebuild mode. And the quicker they realize that, the quicker that they could get back to the postseason with ease, with a 10-6, and 11-5 division record, not a 9-7, and 8-8 uh, eight and eight possible record. All right, the final minute here. Uh, Sean, uh, would you rather be the Giants at their record or the or the Jets at their record? Well, that's, that's tough to say. Um... I think the Giants at this point, the Giants seem to always have this this little glimmer of hope that the Jets always seem. And the to Jets be have no hope. None, Maybe because they're green, you know, the, 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 the Grinch. They're green. There's there's just no hope with the green. Yeah, I mean, you got OBJ, you got Saquon. That, that's they better have, than I. Can well, say they have for home Jets. run hitters. Yeah, they have home run so, hitters. Now they need some guys, and they get some singles and set the table, and then you know you get a strong offensive line, in, and when we can see something get done. But again, they're they're in a problem. The Giants blew it. They should have brought Teddy Bridgewater in. He would have been yeah. a stopgap for a couple of years in there. You could have went to him earlier in the season uh, after four games with Eli. Bring Teddy in there. You know, Gettleman did not do a good job this year. He did not. And, of course, you know, he was dealing with health issues. But still, uh, the job he did was not not good. No, without a doubt. And you're seeing that now because at least if you if you had Teddy on the roster, you could go with him no problem. 
and perfect stopgap where you could draft a and quarterback. That's not anything. It wouldn't cost you nothing to bring the guy in. And most importantly, you draft a quarterback, and he doesn't have to start right away. And that's the biggest issue sometimes with these young guys that they're thrown into a team that has no talent around them. Luckily, it's a little bit different for the Giants. A lot of playmakers. But you've seen quarterbacks. Look at Patrick Mahomes. Look at Aaron Rodgers. They sat. Look at the success they're having. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers is certainly special. Uh, Mahomes with one year. But that's what they, they, they did in the 70s and 80s. The, 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 the drafted quarterback, the rookie quarterback, sat for a few years, and that's the way it was done. Not everybody could be, you know, what a Dan Marino was in 1983 and just come in and, and light things up right away. It just doesn't happen. Brett Favre was a disaster. A lot of it had to do with his drinking problem when, when he first came up. That wraps things up. Mike Demergis along with the crew on the Iona College Radio Hour on WVOX.